0: Welcome, everybody, to the Backyard Professor live Sunday night podcast slash videos. I have a very fabulous guest on tonight, Tim Rathbone. He is the insider of the Mormon Historical Archives just during and post-Leonard Arrington years. So... Let's get this show on the road. We've got a lot of insider historians information to share with you tonight. Good stuff coming up. Okay, welcome back to the Backyard Professor live session. Um, Tonight, we are going to get the skinny on a lot of ideas and on a lot of people. First, I have an announcement I want to make. I do have two new podcasts up on the BackyardProfessor.org, if you'd be so kind as to push the recurring donate button. It does not have to be a large amount. Just... Any amount you want, any amount you can is always helpful. And we so appreciate all of your support and love and appearing here while we make fools of ourselves, sharing wonderful knowledge with you. Tonight is going to be exceptionally interesting. We have it straight from the horse's mouth. I would like to introduce to you my friend and your friend. Yes, from the chat live, let's welcome Tim Rathbone. Bravo, bravo. Tim. Everyone's laughing, man. Hey, welcome to the show, man. Good to see you.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So were you hyped up for tonight?
1: Yeah. I'm waiting for a response to my question.
0: Oh, in the you're chat, already talking to him on chat already? Holy Toledo, I'm missing out on the fun stuff. <laughs> okay, you got to leave the chat alone. Now you have to get to tell stories. Right. Right? So, okay, so um the reason the reason that we've got Tim on tonight is because as you guys well know in the chat and those of you who are new to the channel, welcome. Uh we love having you. Uh, I want to say hi to everybody. Hey, Debbie Joe, John Barsky, Doug Vincent, Patty Cake, fine business operator. Woo. I talked to him earlier this afternoon, a good man, Doug Vincent. Yeah. I know this Dan Bogles in the house. Gail Capson, all of you wonderful people. Tom Miller, Mark Crispin. <laughs> yeah, brother. We're working on a T-shirt with that, by the way, you guys. Coco B., welcome, my friend. Uh, Richard Petchak, good to see you, here. <laughs> You're all showing up. We love it. We love seeing all of you. Flat Pat, hello, my friend. I just had him on last Thursday. Good to see you. So we're all here, and you guys are already filling up the chat, which is a wonderful thing. So, um, Tim, let's start this off. Let me ask you a question just just out of curiosity, just to get your uh your intellectual vibes going or your spiritual vibes. I'm not quite sure how to say this, but um, a question I think all of us are going to be, I mean, it's perpetually in our mind. And I'm wondering if you might have uh, an insider insight to this, if not no big deal, but I'm, I'm just curious. How, How can the leadership not, See that that by by squelching the historians by uh, making it so difficult to get into the archives, couldn't they see that that was going to bite them in the butt? I mean, what was their How was there you guys? Um,
1: I never had any issues with the leaders, really.
0: Oh, you were keeping your nose clean and working really deep underground.
1: Well, I got, (laughs) I was able to see just about anything I asked for.
0: No kidding.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it became tighter. It became tighter during the late 80s and 90s. I've been back since 98 or 99, maybe 2000. So I don't know what it's like now. I get And they're in a new building, so I have no idea. Okay.
0: So thing. so they've technically moved the archives now to a new building?
1: That's what I understand.
0: As well. Okay. Interesting. Hey, what's your cat's name? This is Angel. Angel. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Be good. do scratch dad. I
1: was <laughs> driving down the road, and somebody threw him out of the car. He was a little kitten, and I picked him up. Oh well. He's the that first cat I came smart. to Bakersfield with, and I've—I have five cats now. I have three. Three have right. adopted me, and two kittens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have a full house.
1: <laughs> I have a full. So,
0: house. Uh, I would like, first off, just to let's let's take a look at uh, probably one of the most important people we want to talk about uh, tonight. Uh, I'll put this picture up of Jay Bell. I'm not sure how many in the audience would know who he is. Tell us a little bit about Jay and how you know him and and what you guys were doing in the archives for uh, you know, helping the research along and all that jazz. Who is this gentleman?
1: Jay was Larry Porter's research assistant. And oh, I man. met Jay around the same time the Clayton Journal thing happened. Um, this one, that one. Scott Uh Fallring apparently Scott Fallring was a research assistant for somebody in the religion department. That's and And from what I understand, he and Andy shared an office in the Joseph Smith Building, and Uh Scott saw it and went made a copy of it along with part of the Zebedee Coltrane Diaries. And he handed, gave copies out to a few people. And one ended up in Ernest Strack's grandpa's bookstore. Jay had one. I had one. Kent Walgreen had one. I think Gary and Ron, Gary Bajer and Ron
0: Prudis got a copy. So these are being shared behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. Uh, yeah. I don't, no kidding. So you guys are on the gold mine then.
1: Yeah. And I think and I think Jay and I were in a class together with Dr. Flammer also. Uh, we became really good friends. I think he was in the World War II class with me. The and we became, uh, World War II. Class. Oh, okay. Bill Flair taught military history at BYU. He's my one of my favorite professors. Uh, I think that we met there, and and about that time when all that went down, uh, we we became friends. And
0: Jay and I
1: were friends up until his passing in December two thousand three,
0: and he was killed in an automobile accident.
1: Well, he got off the bus and he turned right rather than – he usually went left and would go around the front of the bus, through the crosswalk to his apartment across the street. And for some reason, he turned right and turned right
0: and went back and stepped into traffic. Oh, man. So he was actually born blind in one eye, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was legally blind.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: That's astonishing because when I looked in his archives, oh, and I didn't think of getting the address up here, this man collected a Everything. load of stuff. I mean, the archives are amazing. He was quite the go hung getter, and yet technically he was blind, except for those glasses helped him see out of his one eye. Yep. Th- that was impressive, man. That was, yeah, uh, yeah. you told me to look into his archives, and he's got hundreds and hundreds of articles in that.
1: Yeah. So Jay tell- was a an blogger, and, and if he knew about it, he'd find out about it, he'd get it. He would find it. That's we used, to to the, we used to ride the bus to the archives together, or i drive drive, when I drove up to Salt Lake, I'd take him with me, when he wanted to go up there. So, Yeah. We did a lot we used to go to movies together when my wife my ex-wife didn't want to go with me and somebody
0: else we'd go to the movies together and stuff anyway how yeah. cool how cool so so uh now and a lot of this was the history materials right yes that you guys were were making so many copies of and getting copies together like the different diaries and journals and all of that information so you guys actually before anybody was actually able to uh publish much you guys had the inside knowledge so to speak you (laughs) you knew what was going on with with whoever's journal you had in diary than the authors did yes so who was your research assistant with
1: well um dennis rally was head of the archives scott After Scott quit Religious Study Center, he got hired by Dennis to be his microfilmer and his research assistant. And then Scott quit, and I found out that Scott quit, and I went right to the archives to talk to Dennis, and Dennis hired me as his research assistant.
0: Oh, and how long were you his research assistant? About three years. Three years, yeah. So now was he... Okay, was well, so the head archivist. He would, uh, he would basically, when documents were brought in, he would archive them, alphabetize them, whatever, and all. And then you also had to know where they were in order to help him be the researcher to get those documents to someone who wanted them. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. The documents would come in through the loading dock, and then they'd be taken. We had a room downstairs. We called it the, the dungeon, and it was a storage room. And then every stairwell in the library, there was a storage area under the stairwells. They were jam-packed with boxes. We didn't have enough room to store everything we had. And um, so those were unprocessed collections. And then we would take them upstairs, and we'd process, and we'd organize them and impose, impose an order on the collection so that if somebody were researching it, They'd know
0: where to go and to find what they were looking for. So was a lot of the early pioneer journals and, and letters and all that, was that uh, fairly popular then? Yes. Wasn't that during the Arrington years where he was wanting to tell more of the story of the common Mormon instead of all just the leaders and the apostles? And That's right. That's right. Yes. So I, I, I'd imagine you got a lot of eyes on insights into pioneers and their journey west, and or Salt Lake City is an early city. Well, one of the papers that
1: I helped Dennis write was uh, on the Wisconsin pineries and what was going on up there with the apostates up at, from Nauvoo. They go up to Wisconsin and cut the trees they took down to Nauvoo to build the houses and all with the temple, uh, and we did a lot of research on that and i'd go to salt lake and find their diaries and stuff what we didn't have at at byu i'd either go to the church archives u of u or utah historical society to see what they had there to find information so i was traveling around quite a bit i took my classes were monday wednesdays and fridays usually tuesday and thursday if i took one it would be a night class so that i could go up the archives those two days, and then sometimes Saturday, because U of U Archives was open on Saturdays, if I remember right.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, now I've got to have a confession out of you. Did you actually see the historical record that showed that Brigham Young was selling tobacco in Salt Lake City and coffee?
1: That's beyond my period. My time frame was, my interest was more of through the Exodus from 1830 to
0: 47. So oh, I didn't yeah. see that interesting. Okay, so did Joseph Smith really drink that beer? Ken? I guess
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> of
0: course hey, he did. Debbie Jo says she knew Scott Farling. Scott Farling died oh. in 2018, didn't he? Yes. He, he just recently passed. So yeah. that that was a loss to the Mormon history. Oh, uh, a great loss department, yeah.
1: And his papers are at the U of U also. The newspapers? <laughs> no, his collection, his collection of papers,
0: is at the U of U. Oh, it is at the U of U now. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. Okay, so uh, tell me about your ideas with uh, Jan Ships. Did you ever meet Jan Ships? I met Jan Ships a couple of times and she
1: sent me a copy of a paper she was working on back in 91 or 92 about the church. And I added to it. Oh man. She said, I built the framework and you added the structure. And it's published in some journal somewhere. I don't remember. It's been so long. But we would email back and forth in the early days. And I met her at MHA in Sunstone. MHA? Mormon History Association in Sunstone. And she's, we called her Mother Ships because she was like our mother. I really enjoyed her. I really, yeah.
0: Yeah, she was the best Mormon historian (laughs) as a non-Mormon there was. (laughs) There wasn't anybody better. Well, that's fun. That's cool. So you got to know one of my early heroes, uh, Todd Compton. Did you know him much?
1: I didn't know Todd that much well at BYU, but when he was working on his Sacred Loneliness book,
0: I shared some things with him, and he shared some things with me. That would be this one, huh? That one right there, yep. Yep, In Sacred Loneliness, Sacred Loneliness. One of the best books on polygamy, and interestingly enough, one of the, I I should say, worst reviewed books, or at least heartily reviewed books on how not to talk about polygamy, and I can't hardly think of a better way than to talk about polygamy from the woman's point of view
1: exactly
0: but it was some of the farms types reviewers quote scholars who was reviewing this book and they obviously didn't like it. Is that a surprise
1: Todd gave me uh the manuscript on on disk and I went through and reviewed it and shared some ideas with him about changing
0: oh, how cool how cool yeah.
1: how and cool. now with that thing bill real found last week about that woman, the G, I think was her name, that just adds to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, Bill's good with uh, with people like that. Research, yeah. So um, another couple of people that I wanted to ask you about and talk about is this gen- these gentlemen. <laughs> Britain Young House of Faith by uh, Gary James Bergera and Ronald Pritis. How do you know them two? I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> Tell us about them. <laughs>
1: Night Magnum Hall and the Social Hall are south of campus. And then across the street was Ernest's books or grandpa's books. And upstairs with the 70s press. And right next door was Kinko's copies. Right next to grandpa's books? Right next to grandpa's books. <laughs> Perfect. That's now a parking lot. They tore down Night Magnum Hall, oh. and it's a parking lot. I looked at it the other day on Google Earth; it, it's, it's all gone. But yeah, um, Ernest was a polygamist, and and me and our, our, Ernest. Art, Ernest. Art, Ernest.
0: who was Ernest?
1: Ernest Strack was, and he's polygamist. the
0: one that owned Grandpa's bookstore.
1: He owned Grandpa's books. It was a used bookstore, yeah. And he had these boxes of files that are now at the BYU archives of things. And we would, the things we would copy, we'd share with Ernest so he could add to his collection of documents. And so (laughs) I met Ron and Gary through the seventies press and the um, Clayton, Clayton diary thing. When Andy went back and demanded, we all give him back a copy, but everybody kept a copy. We gave him the copy that, that Scott gave us, but we also made our own
0: copy. No kidding. He told you to give it back, huh?
1: Oh, yeah. He demanded it. Yeah.
0: Uh-oh. Now, was he part of the archives group?
1: No. Um,
0: so how did he catch when you have it?
1: Scott told him who he gave. Scott had to tell him who he gave copies. So. <laughs> I don't know what he did to threaten Scott to do that he he said, um, go get them and bring them all to me. So he went around to all of us and we gave him all. Gave them our, I, I'm giving you back the copy you gave me. He said, did yeah. you make a copy? Don't ask me that question. Don't ask me that question. So, that question.
0: <laughs> huh. so you did make a copy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good for you. So, yeah, So, so these guys... You know. Gary James Bergera and uh, both both these guys and Prithis, they were quite the scholars. This was quite an eye-opening book on BYU. Uh, it it really described a lot of the politics, the tensions within the college from its yeah. founding to today. So yeah. Yeah. So the real the real The real one that we want to talk about is our your beloved friend. And I knew him through his books, but I I met him once at Sunstone and got to shake his hand. He was kind of a quiet man, but uh, this man right here. Tell us what you know about him. Tell us some of your experiences with him.
1: I took History 100 from Mike. Oh, you took a class. I took two classes from Mike. Oh, tell history us about those. That would be interesting. History 100 and American social history. And when I took history 100, I went into my, we had a meeting and I said, I want to tell the truth about the church. I was so naive. And he said, they don't want it. He told me basically they didn't want to know you need to be careful. Just watch out. Um, and I would say hi, and i talked to him and drop by. Even when I didn't have a class for Mike, if I found out he was in his office, I'd go knock on his door to talk to him. He pointed me in the direction of some places where to look. Um, Mike and I kept up an email correspondence shortly before he passed. Um, Mike was in the service during the Vietnam War and I was volunteering here in town at a place that honors veterans and they had a packet we sent out to Vietnam veterans a declaration and and some medal challenge coin and stuff and I mailed that to him shortly before he passed. I don't know if he opened it or not but um, you know you get a feeling you need to do something a prompting and I just said, you know, I got to do this, and I just I did it. Um, but Mike would call me; we talk on the phone a few times. Like I so said, we email probably once a month for twenty plus years. Um,
0: no kidding. So, no what you would you talk about the research, or was it more personal, friendly, or it was
1: both? I, I'd, I'd call him, write and ask him a question, and. Um, He'd answer back and he'd say, do you have a copy of this? Say, yeah, and I'll send it to you. Um, like I had a copy of the Nauvoo Temple record. I mailed that to him, the Book of Anointing and the Book of Sealings and Adoptions. I think I sent him those. Um, so you were giving him some
0: really good stuff too.
1: Yeah, well, when I worked in the archives, <clears throat> and I would find something that was interesting. I would make a copy and i put it in an envelope and I'd slide it into his door. But when I was, I always used to go home. I used to walk through the night magnum building sometimes, especially when it was cold and slide it under his door. And I, and the next day I dropped by. Did you get what I left you? Uh, you know, so,
0: yeah, Huh.
1: Yeah. I'm, I have a great deal of respect for Mike. I really love the man.
0: Yeah, the church didn't do him any favors, did they?
1: No, and like I was telling you earlier, that asshole in Arizona who was a real estate magnet or something basically destroyed him. The church, you know, he tried to get a job at Arizona and he tried to get a job at Claremont. And the church is despicable in the way that these rich assholes just um, stop
0: people from getting jobs. I think he's the best historian we've had. Blacklisted him though. Blacklisted. I remember um, there were quite a few of the old farms scholars who were just cackling with Ghee over the fact that he could not get a job, and that 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 was one of those things that I won't name names, but uh, that was one of those things. And everybody knows who they are, and they know who they are too. They're still active online.
1: They're and, just assholes.
0: Yeah, it, it, that that is one of the things that made me convinced. I I really don't want to be associated with these kind of people who mock and make fun of people that the church blacklists, and then they, you know, of course they mocked him about uh, being gay, and they mocked him about his research and all, and yet none of them could touch him with a ten foot pole. They they couldn't possibly keep up with him. I mean, if you've never read his Mormon Hierarchy, Origins of Power, <laughs> and Extensions of Power, uh, that, that three-inch thick book, half of it is footnotes and references. It, it's just yeah. staggering how much information this man could put together. And you knew him, and you kept on a, an email discussion with him. He me a way,
1: Christmas I'm card happy. every year, and I'd send him a Christmas card. So, you know. He probably did it with Dan and Brent and others. I don't know, but I was just grateful of the friendship that we had for all those years.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is spectacular. Well, I'm honored to have have you in my presence, even if it is through a computer, man. Thank you. <laughs> and then, of course, this book. Did yeah. you ever read this one?
1: Yes, I did. <laughs>
0: Tell me what you think about this. Did you have a hand in any of this stuff?
1: I did. I did. Tell us about things with Mike. Um, Yeah. Um, I can't remember everything, but
0: um, well, no. Tell us a few things.
1: It's been so long since I read it. Um,
0: Did you ever read his uh, second edition?
1: Most of it. I didn't get through it.
0: Yeah. Um, There's a few other historians who say he shouldn't have wasted his time responding to Peterson and Midgley and and, uh, Hamblin because they were just polemicists anyway, and technically they were, but, you know, fun stuff, I suppose. I just,
1: when that book came out, I was so happy to see it finally and I'm credited in there, and Art's credited in, and Art de Hoyos is, ouch.
0: Is Art credited. de Hoyos is also, yeah, I think that he is. is, and you're credited properly so, too. Now, Art That's de it. Hoyos, he's quite a historian himself. How do you yes, know Art?
1: Well, we, we all met about, I think we met at Grandpa's Books, probably, and um, I just talked to Art yesterday. Um,
0: oh, how's he doing?
1: He's doing good. He's doing good. He's going to Puerto Rico next week. He's the archivist for the Masons back in Washington, D.C.
0: Yeah, he's in the Grand Masonry. He's a very, very important Mason. I'm going to see if I can get him on my show. That's about the best picture I got of him, and that makes him look fabulous.
1: We used to go up to Salt Lake. We visited the Tanners. We visited Ogden Crow, um, some other polygamists up there. We used to go to the archives together. Uh,
0: so what'd you, what? What? What did you think of Ogden Crowd? You actually, I, really liked, him.
1: Crowd, huh? I liked Ogden. Didn't you? Yeah. I, I did. I liked Ogden. I, yeah, yeah. I
0: really liked Ogden when I met him. Was he kind of scholarly, or was he personal? What? What kind of guy was he? He was. <laughs> How do I describe Ogden? (laughs) I guess that's a tough question somewhat.
1: (laughs) It is tough. Um, He shared so much with us. He just wanted people to know. He was very giving and wanted people to know. Well, look at all the books he wrote. Yeah. The things that he wrote about the taboo type of stuff. Um,
0: Yeah. He just wanted people to know. He was never quoted in general conference. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell tell us more about uh, Art De Hoyos and your your escapades with him. What else? Well, did you, do? you did you actually research historical materials in the archives when you guys were at BYU?
1: Yes, yes. Art's the one who did the parchment, the Masonic part. Art figured out were the characters in the Book of Mormon from the um that manuscript with the characters on Anthony
0: it. And the manuscript?
1: Thank you. Art figured out where those characters came from.
0: Art, Art figured where they came from.
1: I don't remember right now, but um
0: no I kidding. Think, Art figured out where they came from.
1: It's either the fifth it's either the Sixth Book of Moses or the Magus or some other magic book is where the characters were found.
0: Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm trying to find my copy of uh, Stan Larson's The Golden Plates. Um, I just had it because it shows those characters. Wow. He, I did not know that.
1: He figured out what where the stuff from the parchments came from. The Hiram Smith parchments oh. came from the Magus. Um
0: so he he tied it down to where some of the influence of and Joseph Smith had access to the Magus. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, that's very important to know. Okay. Uh There's Thomas Stewart Ferguson. Did you yeah. ever meet him?
1: i never met him.
0: You never met him? How about Stan Larson? He wrote this book The Quest for I
1: from the Archives. The was UN. he in there often? He I think he was the director there when I was there.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. yeah
1: I remember right.
0: I heard through the years that uh, he regretted writing this book. I I don't know. I mean, he he probably did get a lot of flack. When I was an apologist, I critiqued his use of Hugh Nibley. And now that I'm no longer an apologist and I can look back at it, I can see (laughs) Lars's point a lot more clearly. So have you written any books?
1: Any books? No.
0: But you've written some articles. I've written some articles. I happen to have one. This is where where I first uh, learned of you. And it really surprised me because I didn't know who you were at the time. But I did not realize that John Welch authored materials with you. You did this Book of Mormon translation, how it was translated, with John Welch. And the farms published it.
1: And guess who wrote most of it and whose name is last? John Gee. No.
0: (laughs) You wrote most of that and he took your work. Now, were you, was, was he your research? How did this come about? Did he ask okay. you, asked you? Tell us. Um,
1: it was my last year at BYU. It was the summer of 86 and Bob Smith, Robert Smith worked for farms and
0: Robert Smith Yes, the the Bob. Robert Smith. I know that name. He was a very serious scholar on the ancient materials, wasn't he? Yes. yes. It wasn't he the one that helped you, with his Book of Abraham series? I think I he don't. Was. Okay, anyway, sorry for interrupting you.
1: But um, I would see Bob in the archives and special collections all the time. We rented. I lived in the library pretty much when I wasn't in class or at home, and um, I was out of it, I just ended my job with either Don Cannon and Bill Hartley and I needed something for the summer. And he introduced me to Jack and Jack said, I need to do this paper. I said, well, I'll help you with it. And so the summer of 86, we worked on that together. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was the year that it was published. The translation yeah. of the Book of Mormon basic historical information. So you did all the work but he gets to publish it. Of course the yep. name is on it. So well good. So that tells me you were a good scholar. I I met you a few years later online. Uh right. I, can't, I can't remember where it was at but I remember asking I said wait a minute Tim Rathbone I know that name and because I used I used your article when I was an apologist to defend the Book of Mormon. And when I asked you if you were him, you said, yeah, yeah, that's me. But I no longer believe that stuff. And I'm going, huh? (laughs) It was, wow, it was quite an eye opener for me. So now here we are. Here we
1: are. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, we've got a question. Was Grandpa's books the main Mormon underground documents meeting spot?
1: Yes. Yes. Yes,
0: and, everything so, went
1: through Ernest. Yes,
0: and that was Ernest Strack, right?
1: Ernest Strack, and I. And somebody asked about if I knew about his demise. Yes, I saw Ernest a couple of months before he passed,
0: and he died relatively young, didn't he?
1: Relatively young. He could have lived, but he didn't want to go through the operation. It's really
0: sad. Oh, really, yeah. oh man,
1: he had a tumor on his carotid artery. It was out. Like this, and it was too close to the artery. He didn't want to risk it. So.
0: Ah, okay.
1: I saw him at Mary's house, probably when did he, ninety-one or ninety-two. When he passed.
0: Okay, keep talking. You're blowing Doug Vincent's mind. This is a good thing. That's what we're looking for. Mind is blown. Mission accomplished. Tell us. Uh, tell us more about. Uh, who was it? Who else did I have here? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, this book, "The Words of Joseph Smith." Now this is Ehat.
1: Ehat and Cook.
0: And Cook, yes, yeah. You knew right. Ehat.
1: I knew he ba- vaguely. Uh-huh. I I didn't know Andy. Andy had graduated by the time he was in his final year of grad school. When I I got to BYU in September '81. I left in 86, and so he was just finishing up his his master's thesis. Um, I don't think I saw Andy until a couple of years later when he was visiting BYU. I may have seen him, didn't know who he was. So
0: So this book, book, The Words of Joseph Smith, uh, the BYU Religious Studies Center, This was one of those that I actually compared with Joseph Fielding Smith's, the teachings of Joseph Smith. And this was vastly superior. It was all, it was so much more inclusive. It just shocked me. And that's why I was so interested, because then I came across this one by Scott Fowling. And you knew Scott.
1: I knew Scott.
0: Did you help with this book? Do you remember? I
1: did. I did share some things with Scott that I found
0: so so did he give you credit in here i think so keep telling us about scott i'm gonna look and see if he gave you credit
1: scott was an interesting character (laughs) he was in the air force and scott was dennis's research assistant and the microfilmer and i took over that job when i got hired and um Scott walked a really fine line. Scott's probably the only historian that could deal with Dallin Oaks and the uh, that's radical. Scott had to
0: deal with Dallin Oaks?
1: Yeah, when he published that book. This one? Uh, Yes.
0: This one offended Dallin
1: Oaks? Well, it didn't offend him, but he taught... I don't remember the conversation exactly, but something like it came out
0: where it is your uh, name, uh, Tim Rathbone? He okay. does credit,
1: so- <laughs> and, and uh, he talked to him about it. He was at a state conference and leadership meeting, and he talked to him about it because Dallin knew that he had done it, and they talked a little bit about it. He had, he said basically the truth needs to get out, and I I now question that conversation, but um, yeah. And Scott was working on the Oliver Cowdery papers last time I saw him back in, oh, that'd be 99 or 2000. And Scott was a funny guy. He was just fun to be with. He was from Buffalo, New York, and he, it was just a joy to be with Scott sometimes. The things we were talking about. Yeah. We didn't just talk about Mormonism. We talked about other stuff. Um,
0: but when yeah.
1: when Jay, Jay just got a, a cell phone, and I think it was in '96 when I gave my paper at M.H.J. on Brigham Young, that we went to Scott's house and we were standing outside his door, and Jay called him up, and says, "Hey, can we come over?" <laughs> And Scott said, yeah, okay, we'll be over in about five minutes. And we rang the doorbell and it comes
0: in. <laughs> yeah. Fun um, to have good friends like that. Fun
1: to have good friends
0: like that. Yeah, that is cool. Okay, uh, Dan, yeah. There's another guy here that really is a prominence in Mormon history, and that would be this gentleman right here. How do you know? HSC. David I took Jesse. Yeah, tell us about your experience with him. I really like Dean. Um, I took a
1: class, manuscript class from him. Um, I edited the David W. Patton diary with footnotes and stuff, and Dean. Can't remember the name of the class something about manuscripts and history, and he talked to me, he told us about, during the Joseph Smith papers, he told us about the problems with the Thomas Jefferson papers, because there were issues with the first editions of that, how they made things not so stark. They weren't telling basically the truth, and Dean said, I want to tell the truth about Joseph Smith, and Started the papers project, really? Yeah, um, huge too. And Dean had a copy of Woodward's thesis on the Doctrine and Covenants, it's a three volume work, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had a copy of Legrand's copy on Mormons in Missouri, and I wanted to make I, w- I wanted a copy of it. I didn't want a copy of the hard copies in the library. So Dean just handed me this stack. <laughs> he says, Here, go make copies. So I went down to Kinko's and made copies. Um, the
0: whole stack?
1: Yeah, the whole stack. There were three volumes. And then the I can't remember the guy who did the Missouri thing. Um,
0: so, did, so did he have flack with the brethren about telling the truth of Joseph Smith, Dean Jesse?
1: Yes, because the they did the first volume, personal writings, and then they did the first volume of the diary, and the second volume of the diary, but they wouldn't let him do the third volume because it talked about polygamy. Um, Interesting and wives, and that's when it stopped. It was like in the middle '80s or '90s. There wasn't anything until they started the Papers Project a few years ago.
0: Well, it there just, was. Dan Vogel Right. right. You know, from, about, the church, yeah. from the church, yeah. Church Vogel gloriously scooped him and showed him what men can poops they were being by not doing this. So, Right. Um, now, Flat Pat has a very important question that <laughs> I know you're about. Did Tim have any run-ins with Mark Hoffman?
1: Yes. Mark tried to sell me a document.
0: Oh, tell us. Tell us what happened.
1: Well, when I was doing research on David W. Patton, he tried to sell me a copy of an elder's license that he supposedly had signed. And then when I was doing my paper on Section 76, he told Lynn Jacobs that in Brigham Young's desk that's in the archives or somewhere, that there was a copy of the revelation in one of his desks in a drawer that had got stuck or something. I can't remember exactly. Um, yeah. And I met Mark a couple of times and I just didn't, I did not get a good feeling from the guy. I wasn't that impressed with him. Quite honestly, I was at grandpa's. I would earnest months when he showed up and art and I were there and we both said there's something wrong with this guy. Um, no. And I remember talking to David Whitaker about it. Also, this this isn't possible that this guy could be finding this much stuff this fast. And oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, same feeling that the uh, that Gerald Tanner had. Right. He, uh, isn't it fascinating. Uh, this is David Whitaker, by the way. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about him, but we're on this Mark Hoffman thing. Um, uh. Mark Hoffman. What was I going to say? I was just a thought. Yeah, you. you I'm echoing on your deal.
1: I didn't hear that.
0: Is the audio it's working? Gone.
1: Oh, it's cutting out. You're yeah, frozen.
0: So I'm, I'm frozen right now.
1: I can. You're okay now.
0: Okay. Ask. (laughs) So, Mark Hoffman was questioned by a lot of you historian researchers. Yes. Underground about what was going on, and yet crazily enough, Dean Jesse in the Salamander letter said it was Joseph Smith's handwriting, but he was wrong. Uh,
1: Joseph Martin Harris's. But you got to remember that that the handwriting that he was comparing it to was also Hoffman's. So I went to them. Okay. I was, I was at my parents, my parents lived in Colorado Springs and I was there. We went there for some reason In, I think it was May MHA had their meeting back in Missouri and I caught the plane in Denver Flew up to Denver, got on the plane. I walk in, and here's the tanners. There's Mike Marquardt. Here's all these Mormon historians. I knew a lot of them, you know. And Gerald, Gerald handed me a copy of his thing, of his pamphlet, his tract. And I, he says, you need to read this. And I read it, and I said, this is interesting. Um, so all the way on that flight, I can't remember who I was sitting next to, but we talked to that was. A big discussion on the plane that flying oh, okay. to Missouri uh, had a window seat. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And um, and when we got there, and Dean did his presentation, I think three of the four signatures were Hoffman forgeries. Oh wow! And only one was original, if I remember
0: right. He he was sneaky. He was very sneaky. Yeah, he he'd done a lot of practice, yes. according to the books. So, yes. and you 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 were asking me if I had one of those books, uh, and Salamander.
1: Went,
0: yeah, the Salamander. Uh, did you help with that book at all?
1: Yeah, I did. Um, my cousin Sheldon Greaves was in ancient studies, and. I was in the ancient studies room one time and I think it was Don Perry or somebody had a bunch of Xerox copies of hypocephali. And there was one that looked just like the one in the Pearl of Great Price. Hmm. And Nibley comes in and he looks at it and he says, that's the one the church has. It wasn't of course, but we thought, oh, so the church has it? He says, I think so and number two yeah number two whoa but it wasn't it it was a it was one similar to it okay uh, yeah. yeah and then i made copies of those and a few months later maybe a couple of years later don't remember um Been too long ago, but all good. Um,
0: what were we talked remind me, um, so Nibley came in, thought it was the original, thought it was the original, yeah. Um, but that doesn't exist, we still know that, well, yeah, right? It doesn't exist,
1: but mm-hmm. I found letters in the archives written by the family that even before 68 that they knew that the papyrus still existed in the museum. And they put David Hiram in a mental institution because they were afraid he was going to take over the church. This is the Utah church had then put him in an institution to stop him from taking over the church. How interesting. Yeah. Those letters are in the, they're in the church archives somewhere.
0: yeah. yeah, Did uh, did Hoffman ever go to the archives? Did you ever meet Hoffman there?
1: I saw him once at the church archives. A couple of times at the Grandpa's. Yeah, he, he, he and Lynn came to the archives once to talk to David. Whitaker? Whitaker, yeah. Um, and then he was at... In Missouri, back in Missouri, he was there. He and Lynn were there, and then I saw him a couple of times at uh, Sunstone. But like I said, I wasn't very impressed with the man. Um, and when he called me up to try to sell me a document, I laughed. I said, "I'm a poor student." <laughs> and then this thing ends up in the archives a few weeks later, and I made it. They made a copy. Brother Campbell made a copy of it for me and gave it to me. And I says, "How much did you pay for this?" He says, "I can't tell you." I know where it came from because he tried to sell it to me you know, a few weeks ago. He says, "Well, we just got it. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> However, marsh. I can't remember. So mm-hmm.
0: so I want to go back to this in in a way, I want to go back to uh to Oaks being upset with Fowling or or at what? least concerned. Did Boyd Packer express any reservations I don't know about or boy
1: Um, but there was something about him and Oaks at a a state conference that Oaks basically said, we need to tell the truth. We need to let it out. Um, Because Scott was afraid that it it just came out like a week or two before. And he already had a copy and he knew about it. And it was kind of like a backhanded thing. He complimented him. He said, we need to tell the truth, but we need to be careful about it. I don't remember the exact comment, but it was something like that. Um,
0: So that was obviously before Boyd came out with his. The mantle is far, far greater than
1: after. This is. Oh yeah, wasn't published till when was that? When was that published? Um, Oh man, it it was copyright. copyright. Look at the copyright
0: in there. Oh, the book. Yeah, it was nineteen eighty nine.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right.
0: Signature 1989. Because mantle was, was right 1987.
1: Ma- okay, cuz mantle was August 981 9- right before I got to BYU and gave that talk.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. so you you told me once and and I want to I want to just see if this is a story worth i don't want to get you in trouble with him but you told me once that you met boyd in the uh archive i, did,
1: I didn't meet him i only saw him
0: oh, okay you saw him i saw him he
1: and somebody else came up to the archives to talk to david whitaker david thought he was going to get fired and what they wanted to talk about was security in the archives because oh. church archives was worried about their security and they actually redesigned the whole archives. It used to be a big room with microfilm readers and tables that you could look at documents on. Mm-hmm. And um, then they redesigned it and they designed the search room with glass. All the offices were glass walls. I remember oh,
0: Savage, see
1: so they could see but i mean even the employees and so they'd stick up these big maps and posters on their walls so you couldn't see what they were doing but they made the whole thing it was crazy um i know they didn't like it i can't remember some of the people's names savage was the photo archivists and anyway
0: um, so were you able to convert there on the on the premise, the Microfish 2 copy, the microfilm to copy, or it just stayed as microfilm?
1: Stayed as microfilm. No.
0: How fascinating. So you uh, you knew Hugh? You knew?
1: I took a class from Hugh.
0: Really? Which one? Pearl of Great Price. Oh, I've got that copy of the transcripts. How about that from farms. Really? Tell us about that. Tell us what you thought about all that. Well,
1: Nibley, Nibley always, it seems like Nibley just was one conscious thought talking about things. Um, he was talking, in that class, we didn't talk at all really about the Pearl Great Price. He talked about temples and sacred spaces and things like that. And then he wrote on this board, and it was a statement about the Book of Mormon, but he played it at the Pearl of Great Price. It was, it's a Farrago. I can't remember the exact quote. Um, it's in one of the books. And I took, and he, we had to write a paper. And so I took the statement that he wrote up there. And I said, first of all, it wasn't about the Pearl of Great Price, it was about the Book of Mormon And I just wrote, I wrote, I defined what each thing that they say in the statement was. And he gave me a D on the paper. And he said, I'm a really good car salesman. He gave you a D? A D, a C or a D. I can't remember.
0: (laughs) I have never heard of Nibley doing
1: that. I think think it's the only class I got a C in.
0: Oh, a no student refused the professor. You should have known better. Oh, wow. How interesting. Oh, that's amazing. That's fun.
1: That uh, was fun. <laughs> Every time when I talked to him, he, it was just like the stream of consciousness. But he always had this thing on his mind. And his daughter was in our ward, our ward, and I talked to her about it.
0: Rebecca. hey back up a little you're breaking up a little I don't know what's wrong with the audio sorry that's
1: okay um
0: there you go that's better
1: anyway it anyways daughter was in our ward and huh. I talked to her about her dad and stuff I wanted to ask him about his world War II. it's what he didn't and he wouldn't never he didn't answer that so
0: he wouldn't tell you about his World War II experience?
1: No. There was a rumor I heard and I wanted to ask him about it. I said, did you really do this? And he just wanted to talk about ancient stuff. So.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay, we've got another question for you. How did Tim's shelf break?
1: How did my shelf break? I don't think I ever had a shelf break. Um. Well, I was always curious about how things worked. And when my father used to get upset at me for the questions I would ask, um, I'd say it started to crack and break when I was at the why and I wanted to I wanted to become a church you
0: up again. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with the audio. I don't I can't control it here. Hold Can you on. hear
1: me now?
0: Hold on, just one sec. Okay, now try it. Okay. little, little yeah, you so you're a little closer. okay, start talking.
1: So um I think it was when when I wanted to become a church historian to tell the truth about the church. and Mike when when Mike and I had that conversation. And then I realized it was just a big business Um, and they really didn't want the truth out there. And that's when I pretty much made the decision that I was going to copy things and share them um, because it needs to be out there. I'm a believer in spreading truth and I don't believe in censorship. Um, And people need to know how things work and what's really going on. Like I could never figure out why the church wouldn't let people see certain temple records. And I found out because of polygamy and and, um, and and things like that. It was a slow process,
0: but, Sit back a little. Sit, okay. I don't know why your mic is so goofy. Or What's Unless that? it's just me, That's yeah, you hear me? Somebody yeah, does... I, I can hear you, but it's breaking up a little bit. Huh? It, I'm it's just... bad. I'm not. I. Yeah, audio is breaking up, but it's still okay on my end, Richard says.
1: Okay. Um, so it was a gradual process. Yeah, uh, and then when I was in leadership positions. And they kept pushing things. Um,
0: like what? Well, home teaching. Oh, well, of course. Still, <laughs> at the
1: end of every, still at the end of every month, I think, have I done my home teaching these years later.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and when they didn't care, when people didn't, as much as they say they care, they didn't care and they didn't help out. Um, yeah. Like when I was going through my tough times, they didn't reach out. You know, all the stuff I had done to reaching out to people, when I was going through tough times, they dropped me and ignored me
0: like a hot potato. So, um, yeah. 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 In, in a way, my story is similar to yours, but uh, so, so you don't, yeah, this theme of truth is pretty important in history, and unfortunately, so many of the church leaders mistrusted the historians, Marky e. Peterson and Packer, and I guess later on, Oaks did. At first, he was probably trying to, sounds to me like he was trying to get the information out there, but carefully. So, Well, he wrote
1: that book with Marv Hill about the
0: Carthage our, conspiracy. Yeah.
1: yeah, and it was pretty honest and forthright and I don't understand. Well, the reason he changed was he got in power and he realized how much I think bullshit it is and, and he just is on his one horse theme right now about the gays and etc.
0: Yeah, well, that's what happens, unfortunately. All right, so we've talked about um, tell us a little bit more about Marvin Hill. Uh, he was a heck of a historian, he did a review on Fon Brody, and uh, it, it was a, a much more credible review. than You know, that's my history, but so, tell us what you know about Marvin.
1: I didn't take any classes on Mar. But- Marv and Jim Allen knew my parents back in Washington, DC after the war. That and yeah, and when I talked to Marv, I wanted Marv to tell me stories about my dad, that my dad never told me. And then when I'd see my dad, I'd ask him, "Do you remember this? Do you remember that?" Said, Where did you hear that? I said, Marv told me. So, <laughs> ah, that was mostly my relationship with Marv. I would go to Marv and ask him things again. Okay. I remember I was working on a paper once. And he says, so what? What is it? What's the importance of it? He says, what do you mean? It's important to me. That's all that counts then, he says. So, yeah. uh, but Warren had this great card catalog. He had these cards with these diary entries and stuff on it. He showed it to me. Let me go through it one time to look for stuff. So, yeah. But uh, I guess he was very mean and curt with some people. Some people say, you know, but I will. I I kind of like the guy.
0: Interesting. Yeah. His <laughs> sister, his sister, his sister. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joseph Smith, the first Mormon.
1: But did she really write it?
0: I don't know. You, yeah. tell you tell me.
1: I don't know. That's always been my question. I really wonder if he's if he was the ghost writer when I read it. But I don't oh.
0: know. Interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. So I've uh, got... can't believe <laughs> gave you a D. Don I can't believe Hugh Nibley gave you a D. I've never heard of that before. Of course, and you did refute him. Shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> having fun. Yeah. So what about Don Cannon? What do you remember about him?
1: I was his research assistant for a while. Oh,
0: that's right, that's right.
1: Him and Bill Hartley, I think it was at the same time. Um, and Don did not want to deal with anything controversial. Oh. So he, was, he was in the religion department. So he would give me assignments to look at things like he wanted to know if the uh, cable the Atlantic Cable, when the Atlantic Cable was laid so the United States and England could converse by telegraph. I found that out for him. He just wanted... I basically was a fact-checker for him. And,
0: um, okay. Well, that's important, too, though. For yeah, Very important. That, that teaches you a lot of other areas besides the, the, right. the right. moon and stuff. Well, so. right. oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. And then Bill Hartley, you've mentioned him
1: he basically what he did with bill is compile a bibliography of um i think it was diaries and letters or anyway things that were not in Bitten's mormon guide to diaries and letters stuff that they had missed he wanted me to compile a, a bibliography or a list of things that weren't in there that had been found out since that was published So that's basically what I did for Bill, and Bill wrote a book about Denmark. Some people are idiots. Uh, Uh, I did Denmark. Denmark Denmark is flat, and then he wrote a book. He wrote to the like shores and high mountains like Norway and Sweden and Finland have. And I said to Bill, I said no, I said. The highest point in Denmark is in almost eight points in the ocean. There's something like that in there. And we didn't get it out. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't <can laughs> you. know what it's like. saying. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you gotta, you, you, have, you, you know, have you ever looked at the map? You know where this is? It is all about writing things to make money, basically.
0: Oh. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, uh, they're,
0: say, they're saying they can't understand what you're saying. Can you lean back, lean forward? Your, your sound just breaks up. I don't know why. Go closer <laughs> to the mic.
1: Closer or further away.
0: I can't understand you now either. Darn it.
1: What about now?
0: I'm echoing. Is that you? You hear me echoing? Yes. I hear an echo somewhere. I'm not quite sure. how to. Did that help? No? no?
1: I can't tell.
0: Okay. Try talking now for a minute. Let's see if you can. Can you hear me now? Well, I can hear you, but it's real jumpy. Huh? I'm not quite sure why it's jumpy. Huh, that's uh, yeah, it's really bad sound now. I can't even hear me. I, I'm jumping, jump. hold on, I'm gonna Uh-oh. mute me. What about now? I don't know. Uh, okay, turn off his audio or at least down. Turn your audio down. I don't, I don't know do that. that. Did you turn it down?
1: I didn't anything.
0: Hold on, I might be getting a text to help us.
1: I go to the settings.
0: I've never had this happen on StreamYard before. Nope. nope. Okay. Um, yeah, my, I'm echoing that crazy too. Mine's broke up. I don't know what to think. Okay, I'll try to talk from back here. Boy, that doesn't doesn't help. What if I talk here? Man, I don't know what to do. I can't can't understand myself at all. I can hear my You're breaking up. Yeah, you're breaking up. Doggone it.
1: Technical difficulties.
0: Yeah, I can't understand you at all. I can hear your voice, but I can't understand. I can't even understand me. Let, let's be silent for 20 seconds. See if it'll clear out. What
1: was that?
0: Oh, I'm told I'm not bad. Have you disconnect and reconnect? Hold That'd on. Okay, can you guys hear me now? I've silenced Tim for a second. Yeah, let's just do sign language. Okay, are you back? <laughs> no, no, I'm, afraid. I'm afraid. Ask him to log off and log back on. Can you log off? I'll have to send you another invite, I think. Yeah. Let me hurry up and kick you off, and then I'll send an invite. Yep, there it is. Okay, hang on, you guys. I'm sending him an invite right now. And we shall get to this. Hopefully. I've never had this experience before. Okay. It went out to him. We shall see him back here shortly, I hope. I'm going to take off some of these posts real quick. Uh, I am learning a lot from him. He had a lot of interesting historical information from a lot of different people. Oh, there he is right there. Okay. Is it Keep talking. Is it Not for me. No, And I still can't hear me either. That's crazy. Oh, it sounds perfect, Doug says. Okay. Okay, so keep talking. Okay, he is... You keep telling the story that you were just telling. Retell it.
1: What was it telling?
0: I don't know. We were talking about uh, Bill Hartley. Tell us about Richard Lloyd Anderson.
1: <laughs> Richard was in my state president. He
0: was your state President.
1: Oh, he was in the presidency. He was in the, in the
0: presidency.
1: presidency. Um, I just challenge on things. You're,
0: we're You're breaking, breaking up. Break. Still, God yeah. do it, Tim. I don't know what to do. Settings. So, Hold. Let me check my settings real quick. Just, uh, just Default MacBook Pro. Pro. That's. Good. I've got the uh, echo cancellation. I'm gonna turn down volume a little. Bit, see if that'll help. Maybe I turn down. Yeah, turn your mic down. Is there <laughs> a cord not plugged in all the way? Terrible auto, Great info. Thank you, David Harrington. Looks like Bigfoot's back. I can at least understand. Yeah, but we want it better than that. I'm echoing. I can't hear mine clear at all at all. Did that, did that, you did turn your volume, volume down? I did. I'll be darned.
1: Let me turn it on and off again.
0: Audio avatars, I don't care about that. Uh, audio, oh, I turn my audio, audio down a little bit more, so it doesn't automatically adjust mic.
1: The direction to automatically adjust. Okay, how about that?
0: No, you're still. Can you hear me at all? I can hear you if you hear me. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, the CMP trying the Christian success. <laughs> no, it, it, it's all broken up now. It's, it's really bad. One of you tried okay. mute but the other speaks. Okay, I'm going to try them. are mute- going mute- to mute me and you start talking.
1: Okay. I'm going to try. tracks me for 10 years on the internet.
0: They are saying definitely your audio. Yeah. Huh? 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 Now, it's, they said it's your audio. I'm not quite sure. Hold it. Edit mic settings. Let me see. Echo cancellation. I'm gonna... Is your phone on? Yes. Well, your phone has to be on, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, you can see me.
0: Man, it's... Dan Vogel says you use your phone. My canceling is not off. Hold on, Dan is calling me. Hey, Dan. Huh? So, what's going on? Dan said quit using your phone, but does that cut you off from the video?
1: Well, I'm using Arium webcam. So, it goes to my phone, but this sound comes out of my computer.
0: So you can't unplug your mic and plug it into another port, can you?
1: No, because
0: huh, that is crazy. Uh, echo probably sound canceling is off. It's not Dan Vogel. Is your echo off? Yes. So is mine. Hold on. I'm well. Wait a minute. Echo cancellation. Echo cancellation. Okay, say, okay, something. say something. Something. Uh, your sound is weird, too. Keep talking. Okay. Um, keep talking. Keep talking, All, talking. Totally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, we'll talk about the SCMC. Yes.
0: Yes.
1: I knew it as the... Strengthening the members' committee, and Gene England was my bishop, and he told me about it back in '83 or '84. Maybe it was later but before he went public about it. Is so there phone was phone something.
0: Is your phone? Is your phone, phone, phone down, down, down.
1: Well, the volume's coming out of my computer.
0: I know. but I'm trying to see what you're doing right
1: now. I think it's... What about now?
0: I think it's... I sounds, think it's... I'm, I'm echoing. What you what did... did yes, His audio is now. now. Okay. Okay, so, okay, you, so, know, so you're not, you can tell us,
1: tell us. So he told me about it. He suspected that there was something going on when he did his paper. The one he gave about the church. The church, the gospel is true, but the church isn't or something like, I can't remember, he gave it at Sunstone back in 85, 86. And he suspected that something was going on when somebody talked to him.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Anyway, my experience was back in 1990, when the internet was new, I got on the genie bulletin boards, and I was sharing information. All those he had...
0: wow hold it tim i can't you're you're completely mooted you did something really interesting now i can't hear you at all and i what is that looking for the phone it's looking for the phone if you can hear me tim <laughs> i've never had this experience before okay i'm going to kick you off and then invite you back i better call him can you guys still hear me fine lost sound completely can you guys still hear me fine let me know restart the podcast yeah i'm tempted to Okay, you can hear me. Hang on, let me call Tim back real quick. Sorry about this. Fun technical difficulties, huh? Okay, let's see. Oh, come on. Okay, I will. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I'm gonna do is see. I'm even echoing through my phone. Yeah, you are. Do you have to do this through your phone? Well, it's here. You are. I. Okay. Okay. Am I okay. back? I'm gonna shut I'm gonna my, shut my. my okay.
1: How's that? Oh better, oh, better. Okay, good. Good. All right. Okay, okay. So
0: Peckle. <laughs> Peckle. You talk. You talk.
1: So was um, I was sharing a lot of information on genie. I don't know if anybody remembers that it was back in ninety one or ninety-two. And I was sharing a lot of information, historical stuff, and scriptural stuff. And my mother went to BYU during World War II. She was in Amanda Knight Hall, the same Hall I learned German in the LTM. Back then, the girls lived upstairs and the guys lived down below. They were co-ed back in the 40s, guys. And she knew Reed Benson and Thomas Monson and a few others when they were kids, right? And my mother used to talk about Monson as if he was family, even though she knew him. And so I mentioned something about Monson in one of these chats. I was having somebody, yeah, my mom knew him during the war, blah, blah, blah. So I was ward clerk and I go to church that Sunday and my bishop, (laughs) Jim (laughs) Steere, He says, I need to talk to you. And I said, what did I do now? You know, he says, I got a phone call. The state president got a phone call and I got a phone call from church saying that you mentioned something about Monson that your mother knew him back at BYU and stuff. And I says, yeah, she talks about him all the time. They were good friends back then. And he says, well, you need to be careful about what you say on the internet. I said, all right so i figure from that time on all through my genie years and then all through aol that they were f- watching me about what i was doing online wow and then finally in may of 2001 they excommunicated me for what i was saying online so they tracked me for 10 years guys and gathered all this evidence <laughs> and from what my friend my old Bishop who was on the high council when it happened, told me, I said, look at, I asked him point blank. I said, did it come down from above? And he says, yeah. I said, was it Packer? And he says, I can't say anything, but
0: it was pretty, sure it was,
1: pretty sure it was Packer who gave the order to get, get me out. God. So, yeah. So that's my experience with the strengthening the members committee.
0: Well, if well, they're right, I, I love you. I love you Ryan, this I, is for them now, 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 now Tim, Tim. Tim, this is this meeting, meeting for, meeting for <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, Pat says Pat that Says that 41 faulty one, <laughs> man, man, that's crazy, that's crazy, yeah. No kidding. No kidding. kidding. No, Thomas no, talked talk talk about Buster Jumor.
1: Well, it was one on of the, the
0: obvious obviously is yeah. so they so have they to have, have spies. to have spies.
1: Of course, there are spies everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so that was my experience.
0: I'm looking. I'm looking to see something I can do some. Stuff. Stuff. I don't think I, don't I, I think can. I. Can. They were, asking, they were asking. They're saying, they're saying, saying I'm. No,
1: no. Yeah, you're echoing a little bit.
0: Okay, keep okay, talking. keep talking. Stories.
1: Let me see. What else can I tell you? Um, it is, it on. is on. What's on?
0: My, My echo. Echoes. It, is, it on. is on.
1: Mine's off.
0: No, turn no, yours off. On. On. We want to. It.
1: Okay, it's on now.
0: Okay, is that better? No, I can't hear myself at all. That's okay. We're not here to hear me. We're here to hear you. Tell us. What, about
1: now? what about now? How's it now? <laughs> this what do they what
0: say? VIP would sound like if I was on mushrooms right now? <laughs> okay. I-, I love my audience, man. Okay, keep talking, Tim. Tell us more of your stories. Um what's a fun one? What was fun you did with Arturo de Hoyles? Did you go shooting guns?
1: We never I never do that with art.
0: I know he loves that with
1: some other friends. No, I know he loves that stuff. No, we didn't do that. We visited the, the tenors a few times.
0: How did that go? What did you talk about?
1: We just I just talked to Sandra about stuff.
0: But, she's easy um, to talk to, isn't she? She's, she's really easy to talk to. Talk to. Yeah.
1: Um, we talked about the Adam-God thing. And,
0: uh, Here's a question for you. Go ahead and answer that since I'm echoing. What's the most down.
1: secret thing I saw while I was there? Probably those letters about putting David Hiram in the mental institution, because they're supposed to be sealed till 2025 or something like that. The, the, the copy that BYU archives had, there was a letter saying they were supposed to be sealed to the 2020s. But the church archives, you can go there and read them there. So. That was the most wild thing that I think we had. David
0: Hiram was in the mental institution?
1: I think it was David Hiram. I'm trying to remember. who, But basically the church told the reorganized because they thought it was going to take over the church.
0: Yeah, I think it was
1: David Hiram.
0: Interesting.
1: And And they institutionalized him to keep him from taking over the church.
0: Okay, Richard Petchak says, tell me a Daniel Peterson story. Oh, God. Tell several of them. Come on. I, don't,
1: I don't know many. I didn't interact with Dan that much. Um, I've interacted more with him on the Internet than I have in person.
0: Well, tell us about that.
1: Um, he, was, he and Ron Prittis were in the Swiss mission together. I think Dan was in the LTM when I, I know Ron was, so Dan might have been in the LTM when I was there. Um, I would cut Dan down on a lot of things that he used to talk about on Mormon L. Uh, like? It's been too long. The uh, name L? That was one of them. Nahum? I remember that
0: Okay, what else? Are you frozen? Oh no, no I'm not
1: frozen. I'm thinking it I really didn't have that much interaction with Dan. Um,
0: Which apologist did you interact with the most?
1: Name some.
0: Uh, you, Lou Midsley.
1: I only met Lou too. I met Lou at Sunstone.
0: You did he not, was, hated Sunstone. He used to go. No. Yes. Midsley? Yes. yes. Blow my buttons off. Yes. He is, uh, such a, he is such a righteous, judgmental against Sunstone. Wow. He, that must, was have, back... he must have had a break and too scared to say so.
1: This is back in the 80s. Um, wow. I didn't really interact with him. Oh, Novak. Somebody Novak.
0: Gary Novak
1: thank you yes gary and i interacted a lot okay and I, would, I, I don't remember the stories but um, for
0: pete's sake
1: <laughs> um i said have you considered this or that the other point of view with gary
0: no, like a daniel peterson jr in the farms reviews yeah
1: exactly
0: he was he was, he was yeah. something else
1: um Yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, There was somebody else. Who else? Name some names, Kerry.
0: Well, uh, uh, Matt Roper.
1: Didn't know.
0: He's my age, so you would have been with uh, Hugh Nibley, Sidney Sperry. You might have been retired when you were there.
1: I think it was retired by
0: then. Richard Anderson.
1: Well, Richard... Yeah. No, I knew Davis, but not that well. Richard and I would talk. I found I had to copy these letters, the Trauberg letters that were written talking about the Smiths making money and it had, had information about money digging and stuff in there. And I asked Richard about them. I said, Why didn't you include this in your book on the three witnesses or stuff like that? He never answered me. I didn't get a response at all. Um,
0: Really? Yeah. That's Dan Peterson's favorite book, Anderson's book on the witnesses. There's a lot he thinks that's the fifth book of scripture. Oh
1: God. He left out so much. I found so many contradictory things with that book, information that I found during my own research. I says, Why didn't you include this? Because when I write, when I wrote what I wrote, I let the evidence take me where I where goes i don't have when i start to write something i have an idea i have a thesis but i don't necessarily let that drive my writing i let the evidence take me where it's going to take me right um, yeah. and a lot of them have an agenda i when i write it i usually i don't have an agenda i just write where it takes me and you sound,
0: you sound like one of my heroes, Dan Vogel.
1: Yeah, thank yeah. yeah. I he's like, here
0: next, here next.
1: When I was doing research on, um,
0: okay, I found this on the web for he's here Likes. What? <laughs> Sorry, that was serious. <laughs> that was where that came from? Um, Holy cow
1: I was doing. I was looking for the articles about Alvin's body in The Reflector.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, who was it that compiled all the stuff from the newspapers before Dan's book? Um, some Mormon, oh
0: gosh. Francis?
1: Nine, not Nyman. Um,
0: not, Monty Nyman?
1: Nyman? No, 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 no.
0: Robert Miller.
1: No, this is before them.
0: This is Kirkham.
1: this is before Dan's book came out on early Mormon documents. This was like the source to go to for early Mormon documents. Kirkham might have been Kirkham.
0: Kirkham Francis Kirkham
1: might have been Francis Kirkham. And now a whole he, bunch
0: of Improvement Era.
1: Okay, he did some books though about early Mormon newspaper accounts and stuff.
0: Yes, that was him, and, Francis Kirkham.
1: Okay, and he claimed in there that the thing about Alvin was published in four issues of The Reflector. And I went and I read every single issue and he's only in three, they missed one week. Oh. I, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I remember right, it's only in three issues, not four that for that month. Interesting. And there were some other things I found that he missed, that he got incorrect. And I would check his TypeScript with the actual articles. Yeah,
0: he didn't like to do that.
1: I don't think he huh? was around then. I did that for the Book of Mormon project.
0: Another one who <laughs> had problems with Richard Lloyd Anderson is this guy.
1: Yeah, I met I met Grant a few times at the U of U and BYU. Yeah, I liked Grant. Yeah, I agree. yeah,
0: um, fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> Patty Cake says Sherry Dew is trying to cut in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what Sherry's?
0: I love her. She's a who? Patty Cake, not Sherry. Patty Cake, too. you're
1: funny. I love Patty um,
0: Cake. She's awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, we've been about an hour and thirty-five minutes. And the audio is just clobbering us at this point in time. Uh, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, shall we say, give us a closing statement on your faith and testimony. Oh,
1: there is no God. Oh. <laughs> well, wait, let me put it to you this way. Okay. The God that you believe in, I don't believe in. <laughs>
0: That's what Flat wants to
1: say,
0: too. Yeah, <laughs> um, And he's the church here. Is... <laughs> my atheist friend.
1: <laughs> the church isn't true. Nothing is true. I don't know anything. I contain a lot of knowledge, but I don't know anything. If you want to know what life's all about and where I got my hero's journey from. Okay.
0: I got to get my close. Oh. Oh there you go. go, the nuke. Oh. oh, where's my he's getting something? Oh, oh. oh.
1: oh. oh I have it here, too, I didn't know that.
0: Patty Cake <laughs> says there <laughs> is a Tim. Of course there is.
1: (laughs) If you want to know what life is all about, you need to watch and read The Power of
0: Myth. Oh, yeah. You need to read this and understand it. Very good recommendation. You need to read this. Yeah, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And you need to read
1: this. The Spirit Shab- of Shamanism by Roger Walsh.
0: Walsh. Roger
1: Walsh was Sherry, Sherry Lamb Chop Sherry's husband, and Tartar Books was his press. This book helped me out more than anything else. He adds a dimension to Campbell in the Hero's Journey that you understand. And for the women, it's "Woman Who Run with the Wolves" is yeah. a good book, also.
0: It is. It yeah. Is Yep. So,
1: and the biggest mystery of life is to know you don't know
0: anything. You're like Socrates, you know? and he was the wisest. Yeah. Wisest, not most knowledgeable. That's right. Big difference. Zohar talks about that difference. I was reading that earlier today. So, anyway, okay. Well, thank you so much for that uh, excellent recommendation. <laughs> We will have to get together again when we can get this audio straightened out and talk a little bit more about children and the hero's journey. That would be fun, to do. Yeah. Okay, you guys. You get out now. Remember, next Sunday, Dan Vogel, 6 p.m. And I will catch up with you as I can. Have a good night. We're going to close out. The audio is horrible. Love y'all. We'll see you. what Oh, you're way well, uh, Wait, no.
1: Tom yeah. Miller says don't out Gary, or they'll revoke his salvation, too. <laughs> okay, do you guys know about that Gary keeps two books? No. I'm outing Gary Bergera. He keeps two sets of books. One he shows to to uh, Smith to George and one he keeps to himself. That's the truth. I got it from the horse's mouth.
0: You outed Gary Bruggera on my Just show. Out. I'll have Gary come on and defend himself. Okay. <laughs> All right, you guys. See Welcome, you guys. <laughs>